What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Treffler. We are back. You're listening to the 201st episode. Uh, football is right here. We are, by the time you are hearing this, it's probably the day of, or if you're a little bit late, the first game might already be over. So, but at the time we're recording this, football is is 23 hours away it is 9 10 on the east coast um i couldn't be more excited i'm sure these guys agree with that statement and today we've got a week one preview for you um we are going to do things a little bit differently than i guess our standard format of last year and probably going forward um this week for our week one preview we're going to preview every single game um just because I feel like we don't have that much to, you know, go off of going into the season and Jack wanted to do it. And I like the idea just for this week. So um, you're going to be hearing about every team, every game. And I'm just, I have butterflies guys. How do you, how do you feel? We live, we live, Mitch. We live. I could have summed it up better. True. Uh-huh. No, that was good. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm so pumped. Also excited to hear Shreff's adjectives. That's going to start off again. Oh right! For, for, of for, all, for all the real ones in Hogline Nation who stick yeah. through the whole entire episode, <laughs> for all the long-time they know, listeners, they, yeah, they know what I'm talking about. Well, no, I'm that's not, not his. Those aren't his adjectives. Those are just his his nouns. It just nouns, became adjectives. It, it became just his, no, his his, his uh, signature adjective is how how he leads off every Eagles run of the week. Okay, well, we won't be getting that this week, but we'll be having his words. Or it could be nouns or adjectives. I love Shreff's words. Uh, But I'm not going to, if you're not a real one and you don't stick to the end of the episode, you don't deserve an explanation. So I get the notes app ready to go so I can make, oh, I actually, I'm scrolling right now. I just found the the old one. Last year's. Nice. Okay. All right. What's, uh, it's time. Well, yeah, it is time. No no more putzing around. We got to get into the football here. Uh, First game. Tomorrow night, we have the Buffalo Bills traveling to Los Angeles to take the defending champion, uh, Los Angeles Rams, on. Um, Jack, lead us off. What do you actually? Sorry, I, I should have, I messed up. You know what I should have done? I have some general notes to kind of go over real quick. 
that kind of don't pertain to edits. It's just like general notes. Do you guys kind of, is that okay? Give us the GNs. All, you. All, you. All right. I will give you the GNs. Um, so I just found it interesting. It was a tweet that I saw. Um, and I got to credit Trey Wingo. He's a, I believe he still works for ESPN. Um, anyway, he tweeted this like a couple of days ago. Um, and I found it very interesting. So I just want to share it with you guys and the listeners. In 2021, underdogs had a 37% win rate on the money line. And that's the most since 2015. So in the past six, seven years, seven seasons, that's the highest it's been, 37%. Because of COVID. COVID? But th- wouldn't, wouldn't that mean 2020 mainly? No, no it's, it's more of like a ripple effect. Type okay, thing. The, gotcha. Okay, so we're talking about the, the year after sometimes. Like the, co- the, ri- the COVID ripple effect is why. Okay. Week one last year in 2021, there was 12 underdogs that covered out of the 16 games, and nine of them won outright, which is the most and tied for most in the Super Bowl era. So week one was crazy last year. Um, like I said, with 12 covering and nine outright wins. And now there are currently 10 home underdogs this week. So I just wanted to point that out and let that information sit, settle into your brains, however it will. So I just found it very interesting. That, yeah, that is interesting. Um, yeah. It's something to keep in mind for our lock of the week. Locks of the week, we each pick two. Um, yes. Which, as we're previewing each game, I said to you guys, but if it, uh, just for the listeners, if it's you feel so passionately about it, announce it is your lock of the week as we are uh, recapping it or after or in some sort of dramatic effect, you can choose. Okay. I'm going to be doing it as, uh, as we go through each one here. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, yeah, sorry. I kind of interjected there. I forgot about that. Uh, but Jack, start us off. What do you what do you have uh, on the Bills Rams? Um, arguably, and this is no no secret. It's quite obviously the uh, one of the most intriguing matchups. The uh, former former defending that's redundant defending Super Bowl champions versus the favorites from the Super Bowl. There's a lot you can get into about this game. The, what I want to highlight is the matchup I'm most looking forward to, or not looking forward to, just where I think one team could edge out the other. Um, the rec- Rams receivers ver- versus the uh, Bills corners slash secondary. I mentioned in the preview episode that Tredavious White's opening up the season on the pup or the IR. I know I'm, I'm get uh, which one's for the four week stint. Is that going to be IR? Short-term IR is four weeks. Pup is six weeks. I don't know which one he's on. I think he's on the short-term IR then. I know it's four weeks. uh, So they're down him, Levi Wallace, who they lost to Steelers this year or this offseason free agency. Dane Jackson's going to step up and lead this this, uh, group of corners, and that's a tall task against reigning Triple Crown winner Cooper Cup and newly motivated Allen Robinson. Um, They're going to have their hands full. But I'm going to go Bills. Bills are going to win, and two and a half is the cover. So I'm going to take Bills to cover. It's two and a half. I have, I thought it was two. I have, I have Fandle on two and a half. Oh, we're doing Fandle, Jack. We oh. always did DraftKings last year. 
making the switch. DraftKings didn't yeah. didn't didn't pick oh, us up exactly. as a sponsor. We're making the switch to FanDuel. Okay. Well, maybe FanDuel, maybe FanDuel will get will catch us this year. So if not, okay. then we're gonna move to something else. We're gonna just keep Somewhere. hopping sports we'll books until one of us one decides to sponsor us. Yep. All right. Well, in that case, last year we were kind of you and I were doing DraftKings and Trev kind of did his on FanDuel and we made DraftKings the official one. So if my lines are a little off, you two well, are going we'll to have to correct me. Yes. And uh, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll like decide this. if I want to um, keep it there. So, okay. Jack's, Jack likes the bills in this one to cover the two and a half. Um, although he does have some trepidation about their secondary. I think the, the bills are just too strong, too complete of a team. I'm intrigued by this bills pass rush. Uh, they got a lot of guys that can rotate in there, so it's going to cause problems for a Rams offensive line that somewhat new, not entirely. I mean, lose Whitworth. Um, so I mean, there's maybe some some Cold gelling pace. they got to do. Yeah, gelling they got to do before they hit their full stride. So uh, I just like the Bills to win. So yeah, okay. There are going to be more Bills fans there than there are Rams fans as well. Oh, hundred percent. Shref, how are you feeling about this one? Uh, I'm very excited for this one. I think, um, I mean, always the way they always plan this out is normally the Thursday night game ends up being arguably the best game of the week, if not one of them. This uh, certainly lives up to that. Um, Jack kind of mentioned a few of them, but I'm very excited. Like while, while both these teams are very established, they both have some bigger like new pieces coming in at the same time. The Rams were, I'm very excited for Allen Robinson. I think he's going to be an amazing compliment to Cooper Cup. And then, on the Bills offense, too, I'm interested to see how the running back rotation works with James Cook in there. Very high on Cook this year, so I'm excited to see what kind of, uh, you know, like target distribution he's getting compared to Singletary and, and Moss. But um, as Jack said, I think the Bills are an amazing team this year. I think they're going to be fantastic. Although I I think I like the Rams in this game, so obviously I'm taking them to cover two plus two and a half. Um, I think they're going to pick right up where they left off. I think you. I think having Jalen Ramsey to cover Stephon Diggs for the entire game is going to be very helpful. As Jack mentioned, uh, a bit of a depleted secondary for the Bills. I think Stafford's going to be able to take advantage of that. And just in general, I think the Bills are in the long run the better team this year. I think the Rams getting them week one when maybe they're not fully you know, into the season, know what's working, what's not working. I think getting them week one is going to help them a little bit. So I like, I like the Rams to win but because of that i like the rams plus two and a half all right that is fair um i think this matchup was the correct pick when the schedule makers are making the schedule there were a few different options they could have went with i believe the rams also host the cowboys and they also host the broncos which the broncos would be interesting um i didn't really want the cowboys just because they opened up last year um, so I'm definitely glad that this was the game that they went with for sure. I'm very excited for it. Um, I'll be watching the game at a bills bar with a bunch of my friends that are bills fans. So that's going to be a good time as well. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I'm also really interested to see, I kind of mentioned it when we were talking about the Rams on the NFL preview show last week. Uh, the, all the reports are that Stafford's elbow is good to go. I'm still a little worried about it. I, I don't know. I just want to see him see that he has no um, restrictions in actual real game. And then maybe I'll feel a little bit better about the, the forecast for the Ram season, in my opinion. Um, but I, I just want to see it happen. And if he does look a little rusty, 
I feel like I might be a little bit, a little validated in my opinion in that. Um, but I just want to see how that plays out. I like the bills here. Um, and I mean, you know, the lines are really close. So, you know, if I like them to win, they're probably going to cover two. So, uh, well, two and a half, I guess in this, in this instance. So bills two and a half is my pick there. Moving on, we have the second game here. We have the Baltimore Ravens uh, at the New York Jets, one of the many games here in the 1 o'clock slate on on Sunday. Um, I guess I can go first here. I went first. Uh, sorry, I went last, the, the other game. I uh, It's interesting about Lamar's contract. Have you guys heard how he gave the Friday deadline to kind of uh, halt talks? Nowhere, if they don't... I thought he was, like, fine up until now. I fine didn't really how... think he I didn't think like, he was fine. fine. In, like, it seemed like he wasn't really talking about it much. He didn't like, I know there was stuff going on at the beginning of the off season, but I felt like his training camp went on. No one was really bringing it up and he seemed like ready to go either way. Yeah, I think he, well, I think he is ready to go either way. Just the talks are still going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, for my MVP pick in Lamar Jackson, I hope that he, uh, his contract doesn't get done. So he's ultra motivated this whole season. There you go. Um, yeah, that's a interesting storyline for, uh, to go into this game. Sorry, Mitchell, we interrupted you or, but you can continue. Oh, you didn't interrupt me. I mean, I was kind of yeah. leaving out as an open-ended response for you guys, but, um, yeah, that's interesting. Joe Flacco revenge games, a little mm-hmm. interesting, not really interesting, but you know, it's, it's something we can make worth it interesting. Knowing, worth knowing. Yeah. Uh, Ultimately, though, I think the talent disparity in this in these two teams is kind of too much, um, and I and for that reason, I just think the Ravens are going to kind of blow them out. Um, I know it's in New York, but I just think that it's going to take a little bit of time. If the Jets are going to have a successful season by their standards, I think it's going to come as the team kind of grows together. And I think that it's still a very young team and they're going to have to find their footing. So I don't think it's going to be in week one and the Ravens kind of, um, they know who they're all, they, excuse me, they know who they are. And I think they're going to, you know, handle them very well. Minus. Yeah. I have minus seven. What are you, is that what it is? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Oh, that does change things a little bit, but I will still take it. I think it's going to be a kind of a blowout. I can see a double digit point win for sure. Um, yeah, the, uh, two quick things I want to note that I'm looking forward to this game, seeing in this game, the backfield split in New York, for the Jets with Brees Hall, and Michael Carter, uh, Brees Hall is catching a lot of fancy buzz as he was the first running back taken in this draft in the, the draft. And, uh, there's been some somewhat of conflicting reports about Brees Hall being the RB one, Michael Carter is still going to be. Is listed as the RB one. I'm just interested to see how that backfield is gonna gonna be split, and starting out in week one, and then secondly, I want to see Rashad Bateman. I mean, he's supposed to be quote unquote his breakout year. Um, you know, being pretty much the sole receiver in that room. Interested to see if the Ravens change their mo, make ha- have their receivers more involved, or if they stick to their their usual of just very run heavy and just tar- ultra target Mike Mark Andrews. So, 
um, interested about those two things. Uh, Shref, kick it to you. Hope I didn't steal anything, but I may have. Did you um, say your pick? So, yeah. I agree with you, Mitchell. I'd take the Raven seven and a half. Okay. Uh, yeah, you guys covered everything pretty well. Um, I do want to shout out another Ravens player. Uh, obviously, Mark Andrews being there makes it a little tough for this guy to really like shine this year, but he was tearing it up in training camp and in the preseason. Isaiah Likely, the backup tight end for them this year. Um, I have picked him up in quite a few dynasty leagues. Um, has been tearing up camp and especially with a Ravens team where you obviously you have Bateman, you have Andrews, but like outside of those two, especially now that uh, Marquise Brown's gone, you're kind of looking for that other guy. I would not be surprised at all in a run heavy offense to see them go with more two tight end sets. So all of a sudden likely he's out there a little bit more. So just the name to watch out for, but I mean, you guys covered it pretty well. I think in this game, it's just a straight up talent disparity. The jets just aren't, just don't have enough. And I also saw, I don't know if you guys saw, I think Dwayne Brown is might not even be playing on, on Sunday. Who's the, the tackle that they brought in to replace Beckton. Mm-hmm. Um, believe he might not be playing. So if that's the case with Flacco, I just don't see any way that the jets compete in this game. Um, so I agree on minus seven and a half taking that. Um, if the point total for the NFL is just a little high, otherwise this was definitely in the running for a lock of the week for me, but the point total or the, the, the large number of points being given scares me a little. So, but still minus seven and a half. There you go. Next game on the docket here, we have the Indianapolis Colts taking on division rival Houston Texans in Houston. Um, Treff, kick us off here because we went, Jack went first the first game, I went the next. So go ahead. First word to you. Yeah, this is a, this is a tough one for me. Um, definitely, I mean, Colts are obviously the better team. I think we all kind of agree with that going into it. Um, obviously, I think everyone's very interested to see this offense now with Matt Ryan. I'm assuming it's going to be night and day from what we saw last year with Wentz. I think even, I, I think I saw an article come out. A lot of receivers of the Colts have just been like praising him, just how much more like professional it is. Like he Ryan's really taking command of the offense, like telling them where they need to be, how he wants the routes run, things of that nature. So very excited to see how this offense works with a, a veteran QB and all these young, all this young talent around it. Um, Texans come in, Definitely with a lot of question marks, you saw some promising pieces last year with Davis Mills and just, uh, they, I mean, overall, they were they were a pretty competitive team. Um, obviously not in the win totals, but just in terms of playing hard, Davis Mills kind of kept them in games. Um, so definitely interested to see what happens. I think the Colts win, although, as I said, in the Ravens game, seven and a half is a lot of points. And I think the talent level between these two teams is a bit closer than the Ravens and Jets teams are. So I'm actually going to take the Texans to cover the seven and a half. All right. That is uh, certainly fair, man. I, I, I'm going to uh, interject here, Jack. Sorry. I think I'm next on the rotation to go second. Um, but Fantle really is killer, man. Cause all these DraftKings lines, the past two games, when you guys have done, it was two, seven, Two and a half, seven and a half, seven and a half. DraftKings had two, seven, and seven. Why are so, they going all whole numbers? I don't get that. I don't know. I mean, not everyone is like that. It's just for the first three, they happen to yeah. be that way. But that really does change things because it's just mm-hmm. it, it's another uh you can't just win by a touchdown to get a push in the, in those scenarios. Um Jeff, I do like your analysis for sure. And 
I initially was like really in favor of going with the Texans to cover here. Um, however, looking more into it, I kind of shifted my perspective and how I thought about this game. Uh, do you know the combined, both of you could answer this. Do you guys know the combined score that the Colts beat the Texans by last season? Oh, it was probably keep, uh, in, yes. keep in mind with Carson Wentz. Probably a lot of points. <laughs> um, any guess? Forty-four. I, I was gonna say like thirty, like thirty-five. So they they beat them by a combined score of sixty-two to three. Oh wow! Okay. It was 31, oh. 31, 31 three and thirty-one nothing. They beat up okay, last year. Um, Jonathan Taylor, obviously. He was the consensus 101 in fantasy drafts this season, coming off a of monster 2021 campaign. Uh, in his four career uh, games against the Houston Texans, he averages 22.8 uh, points per game. Texans don't fare well against the run, and I think Taylor's going to exploit that really well. Um, with those two things in mind, Shref mentioned the quarterback upgrade for the Colts. I'm, I'm liking the Colts minus seven and a half. I had seven, but I will still gladly take the seven and a half. Um, I'm also going to go Colts seven and a half. I think this is just a far, far better team than this. This offense with Matt Ryan is really, I, I could see it lighting up this shoddy Texans defense. Uh, two quick things I want to, I'm looking forward to in this who Matt Ryan's going to target. Um, Michael Pittman is getting a lot of buzz this offseason, so hopefully for his sake, uh, Interested to see what what his targets are going to be, and how he's going to involve. He's got to throw someone else. I mean, there's Alec Pierce is a rookie that uh, some people are liking as a rookie sleeper this year. Um, Naheem Hines has caught a lot of buzz as of late. I'm interested to see if he's going to be involved in the pass game. Um, that's it for the Colts. And Mitchell didn't mention a te- certain Texans running back. Damian Fierce, who's making his uh, NFL debut as a RB1 of the depth chart, which is uh, interesting as a fourth-round pick. It doesn't happen too often, so uh, that's going to be cool to see. Also, Gator, go Gators. Um, yeah, that's what I got in this game. Colts minus seven and a half is my pick. There you go. Uh, now it's time for our first uh, – we're, we're back to uh, our random breaking news of the week. We have Rams and right tackle Rob Havenstein have agreed to a three-year contract extension. Awesome. So, just talking about how that line was lose, new. Though. Talking about how that offensive line was all new. Look at that. They're bringing him back. He got paid. He's not going to care. He's just going to oh, have a bad game. He's checked out. And he might Von Miller and Gregory Rousseau and Ed Oliver just eat him up. So It's a bunch all of malarkey right. you're spewing over there. I also don't like that I've been in agreement with Jack for the first three games. Just want to I was going to say, I, I was wondering if I was going to feel good about being a contrarian here. And so far, I'm, I actually am feeling pretty good about it. Does Shrev have two disagreements? Did you take the we, Rams? We all agreed on Ravens, and then I was on the other side of both of you guys on the other okay, you took Yeah, you took the Rams and the Texans. Okay. Yeah. So, and I promise, I mean, I just happened to, like, I started off with picking a lot of favorites. I swear I don't just pick all favorites the whole entire time. But that's just, that's just kind of how it shook out. I like them in the early slate of games for the most part. Yeah, I mean, that, um, uh, the Colts game comes down to me being higher on the Texans than you guys are is pretty much Yeah, all, that, all that's a reflective of our NFL standings yes, project, uh, predicting. So 
All right, moving on here, we have the San Francisco 49ers coming off their NFC Championship loss last season, taking on the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Um, Jack, I think you're up to have the first word here, so go ahead. Uh, Trey Lance not making his NFL day or not his first start, but it sure does feel like his first start. I mean, they're really giving him the reins, as they say they are. Um so see how he performs with the pressure. I'm interested in in that storyline. Uh, if the, I mean this game, I will try to get it on, I guess. But I really want to see this 49ers defense just eat up Justin Fields and the Bears offense. Um, I mean, not because I hate <laughs> Justin Fields or like like I like anyone in particular in the Niners defense. I think the Niners defense is going to be top two in the NFL, top three. Like, there's a very, very, very complete uh, roster they got on defenses out of the ball, and this is one of the worst offenses talent-wise, in my opinion. So I expect a dominating game, which is why I'm taking the Niners. It's my lock of the week, My one of my lock of the weeks. What's the spread that you guys have? Six and a half. I think Niners get a touchdown. Doesn't matter if they're in Soldier Field or not. Okay, there you go. Jack's first, our first lock. Of lock the week. it in. Lock it in. Um, so, yeah, very exciting stuff. Uh, Sheref, go ahead. Yeah, I think Jack highlighted everything very well. Uh, very excited for Trey Lance. Um, Niners defense, I think, as Jack said, I don't, I don't think the Bears offense has anything to, to combat what, what's going to be happening there. I think it's going to be a lot of three and outs. I think uh, – even if they do make it over midfield, it's going to be a lot of bend, don't break with uh, with San Fran. And then on offense, I mean, realistically, with the way that this offense is ran, like even if Trey isn't throwing the ball well, my guess is Shanahan probably has a lot of design runs involved and just the running game in general. And as we said, I think the rosters are so uh, differentiated here. Just the Bears, even against a strictly run offense, I don't think have what it, what it takes to really uh, – beat them here um was considering this as a lock of the week but now that jack picked it i don't want to be on the same team as jack on one of these so i'm still gonna i'm still taking niners minus six and a half just not as a lock of the week but i think niners have a very clear path to winning this game by more than by more than six points okay there you go um yeah, I know, like Jack said, Trey Lance did make, a f- I think, three starts last season. I still think he still has a, an element of unpredictability surrounding him um, where he's difficult to game plan for. Um, and I don't think the Bears are a team to kind of <laughs> limit his upside. Uh, so that's certainly a factor, I think. And, I mean, you guys said it. I mean, I'm right in agreement with you guys. Um, San Francisco had the fifth, fifth best cover rate last season. I know it was last year and elements and teams have changed, but I still think that that's a testament to Kyle Shanahan and their, and you know, they relatively have the same roster as last year. So, um, I think that could translate, especially in the beginning of the season. Um, and I'm definitely taking the 49ers here, um, minus six and a half. I had, I had seven. Once again, there was three straight sevens on DraftKings, but, um yeah six and a half for sure I'm, I'm taking that all day i loved them at seven so I, i'm yeah all right 
moving on here, we have the Steelers, our beloved Pittsburgh Steelers, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, going to Cincinnati, the reigning AFC champions. Um, personally, I'm a little concerned about our secondary and how it'll hold up against this uh, elite trio of Bengals receivers. Um, they kind of tore us up last year at points. So, uh, you know, I'm not really overly optimistic on that front. I was at that first Bengals game last year and it was very ugly. Um, I know, it, I know it was Roethlisberger, but that's the game. Najee had 14 catches. Cause Ben couldn't like his noodle arm was on, you know, big display at that point. Um, I also think it's just a rough start. Rough, excuse me, a rough spot for Mitch's first start as a Steeler, just going on the road against the, you know, a team that is very hot coming off of last year. They have a lot of talent and it's a division opponent, like on the road. I just think that's a tough spot to have in your first start. We're already replacing a quarterback that's been there for nearly two decades. That's, that's just, that's a lot to ask for, for him to play really well right out of the gates. I really hope it does happen, but it's just, I can't expect it to happen. Um, uh, the Bengals are three and zero against the Steelers in the last three matchups, dating back to twenty, the uh, second game of twenty twenty, and the average margin of victory the Bengals have over uh, the Steelers is eighteen point three points uh, in those three games. So they've kind of had our number recently. I do think it continues, and I unfortunately do have the Bengals covering the. I have six and a half. I don't know what you guys have. Is it six and a half? Yeah, yeah, it is six yeah. I unfortunately have the Bengals be uh, covering in this one. I agree with Mitchell. I'm going to take the Bengals to cover, unfortunately. Um, just Mitchell said it. There's un, just uncertainty, not uncertainty, just from what we knew for the past 20 years is now gone, and we have Mitch Trubisky at the helm. So it'll take some getting used to as a fan and also for personnel. I know they've had the offseason and preseason, but the regular season is a whole different animal. Um Personally, I'm kind of optimistic about Trubisky, but I don't want to be too much of a Steelers homer, so I'll temper my expectations a little bit. Um, yeah, no need to elaborate more. I I want to say Steelers will cover, just keep it close because AFC North battle, but the Mitchell said it the past three matchups, I, I can't do it. Yeah, uh, you guys... Obviously, as the Steelers fans, you guys covered everything pretty well. Um, I think as far as the game itself goes, I think, well, I think the Steelers later on, maybe midway through the season, are going to kind of find their identity and figure it out. I think with all this change at quarterback and uh, like a bit of just a bit of a younger offense in general, um, I do think it's going to take a few weeks for them to kind of get the get the engines going and kind of get it uh, get it moving a little bit. Um, meanwhile, I, I think the Bengals are going to have no problem picking up where they left off. Um, at the end of the day, you have a top, maybe top one receiver room, probably top one receiver room in the league. You have one of the best, uh, up and coming quarterbacks. You have a, one of a, you have a top 10 running back, everything about it just feels like they're going to cover this game, but I don't want that to reflect on how I feel about the Steelers. I think week one is just a, a tough, week one for the Steelers is just a tough opponent to kind of start off against when you already have a lot of moving pieces that are, that are kind of just starting out. All right. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I am higher on the Steelers. I think that even the both of you two really, because I think I had us a 10 and seven making the playoffs. 
Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, tough spot to be in the first game. Uh, but Hey, you never know. We did beat the bills last year, week one. So crazier things have happened. All right. Next game here. We have the New Orleans saints taking on the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Um, Shref, go ahead. You have uh, your turn for the first word on this matchup. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. Um, for the Saints, uh, pretty excited to see to see this offense in action. Uh, Kamara, Michael Thomas coming back, Olave, obviously Winston back as well. Falcons, uh, certainly a lot of question marks. No idea what Mariota is going to look like. Really what this offense in general is going to look like. Defense of the Falcons, not much going on there. Saints, you have to imagine even if the talent isn't quite what it was at one point, the overall scheme is still going to be there. So um, while I don't love the Saints this year, I do think they cover this game minus five and a half. I think this is just a case of the better team getting the win pretty handily here. So I think Saints go in and get the win by by more than five. All right, there you go. Um, New Orleans, I looked up here just to verify they've had a top four rush defense and yards per, yards allowed uh, per game since 2018. So that's an impressive streak right there. I think that could continue here. Um, I think they can dictate how the pace of this game is going to go, and they're going to control it, I think, pretty easily. Um, another game where the talent discrepancy is kind of large. Atlanta's roster is very, very thin. Um, and I think forcing Mariota to make throws. And does anyone know if Drake London's even going to play in this game? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, if he's not even 100%, that could be a factor as well. I think it could get ugly. I know it's a division uh, matchup, and the road team is favored, but I'm continuing my streaks of picking favorite here. I promise it's not all favorites, but I do have the Saints minus five and a half. You said five and a half, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, yes, Saints minus five and a half is my selection as well. Um, I just, in my head, I know it's – it's pretty much the same team as last year, uh, different head coach. So that's a pretty significant. I just kind of am getting flashbacks of the Saints week one last year when they blew out the Packers. Um, this is week one. They're going to be the most healthy that they'll be the whole season um, with a team. I feel like that does have some injury concern with it. Um, you guys mentioned why the Falcons – are not looking good. I agree with you. And it's quite, quite obvious that it's going to be a very rough season for them, which is why I am in agreement with the Saints five and a half. And so much so, it's my second lock of the week. Wow. All right. Jack is, uh, already gave both of his locks and Jeff and I haven't even given one yet. So yeah. there you go. Um, all right. So I, I also think Jack, we have not disagreed yet on a pick. Um, <laughs> nice. And yeah, there you have it. Jack's lock of the weeks are 49ers minus six and a half and saints minus five and a half. Um, so lock it in. There you go. All right. The next game on the docket is the Philadelphia Eagles uh, taking on the hard knocks Detroit lions in Detroit's. I think this was the, they, I heard it was the first sellout game that's not thanksgiving in a while i kind of butchered that stat but i heard that did you guys hear something along those yeah. lines yeah perfect 
love to see Detroit back into football. Not that they ever weren't, but you know what I mean. Um, I don't remember who's up first here, uh, but Jack, go ahead. Um, interesting one. I said it last episode about the Eagles. They're getting so much hype. I feel like, like I'm seeing way too many, like this is my Super Bowl, like my NFC champion pick. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's Mitchell. I know they're your one seed, right? I, I, I think that's very lofty as a, someone who hates the Eagles. I'm hoping the the lions come out and shut them up a little bit. Lions also teams getting like a lot of, of hype too. I know I had them at nine and eight. I think Mitchell had them in 10 and seven. Um, Chef was right there. This is a team. I guess there's been a lot. There has been a lot of change. I guess this off season, um, some change. But we got to remember this was the second overall. They selected the second overall last year, so I don't really know what those that means in terms of this matchup. There's two teams that are getting a lot, a lot of hype as of late. Um, we'll see if one outlasts the other. Um. I really want to take Lions three and a half. I'll do it. I don't care. I'll do it. Lions three and a half plus three and a half. They can lose by a field goal. It was all building up to that moment. I feel like that you were going to take them to cover. Like the whole time I was talking, I was like, think my plan going into this was to take the Eagles, but nah. I don't know. Let's just take the Lions to cover. They, I, yeah. they get, they get like a scrappy game. They, they, they should have beat the Ravens last year at home. I feel like they can fight and claw, scratch and claw at home. Gonna be a big crowd, as Mitchell said. I don't know. There's gonna be a lot of Eagles fans going there. They got buses. Um, yeah, I uh, definitely agree. Definitely, arguably, like the two like most hyped up teams this off season. It seems like um, very cautiously optimistic as an Eagles fan. Don't want to get my hopes up too high. It's Week One. No matter what happens this week. It's not necessarily going to be uh, indicative of how the rest of the season goes for either of these teams. With that being said, I agreed a lot with what Jack said when he said that you do have to remember with the Lions that they were, they did just have the number two pick. Like this isn't a team that went from bad to really good overnight. So I do think there's going to be some kinks to work out early on. Um, Eagles, obviously a lot of new pieces, but in this situation, I think this is going to be just a better roster uh, in the Eagles against the Lions um, I think it's a close game, but I don't think it's within three points close. So I'm going to take the Eagles to cover three and a half. Yeah. So all, although as Jack alluded to, I do love the lions, of course, and they were cover machines last year. They were 11 and six mm-hmm. against the spread, despite being three 13 and one. Um, I just think that the, especially on the defensive end, uh, they're going to be outmatched by Philly's high octane offense. Um, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. DraftKings has the Eagles as four-point favorites. Um, so I think that's even more encouraging that they're three and a half on FanDuel. So, and I was even considering this, making this my lock of the week. I did change it at the last second, though. So I can say with confidence, coming from a person that is high in the Lions and high in the Eagles, Eagles minus three and a half is my selection. Mitchell, I feel like we might end up having very similar lock of the weeks here because we're getting down to it. We, <laughs> well, we we do we are through almost half the games here, mm-hmm. so that has knocked 
you know, like I said, half of them out of the way. So there is less to choose from uh, right now. Um, The next game here is the Cleveland Browns going to Carolina. So much going on here. Uh, The looming Deshaun Watson suspension, the first game without him actually, you know, with him being on the roster, Baker playing against his old team where we selected one overall just four years ago. Um, And healthy Christian McCaffrey. There's just so much going on here. Um, Ultimately though, I think it's going to come down to, I think the Browns have a much better roster than the Panthers. You know, if they had any other quarterback besides Jacoby Brissett, we'd be talking about a team that was not only favored, but probably favored by at least four or five points. Um, And I think that, you know, PFF actually graded or ranked the Panthers O-line at like in the mid twenties. I still think that's generous to be honest. Uh, I think Miles Garrett going against a rookie tackle is a recipe for disaster, especially going against Baker, who's used to having an elite offensive line for the majority of his career. Going from that to this offensive line is a major, major downgrade. I think it's going to take some getting used to it if he even gets used to it at all. And going against a top three, if not a top, you know, he's in the top three for sure. Pass rusher in the NFL is not a good look at all. Um, and Shref, Browns plus one and a half. What do you guys, what's FanDuel? One and a half. Browns plus one and a half is my lock of the week. Okay. I think I think they should be favored in this game. Do you want to go, Shreff? Yeah, I can go. Um, I will spoil and say that this is not my lock of the week. So I, 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 Ooh, like that. I got I nervous. That. But everything that you said, I do completely agree with. Um, I think a big factor of this for me, especially, is like, as I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what Baker can do on the Panthers. But at the same time, like, as cool as this matchup is, this also means that Baker's first game is going against a team that knows all of his strengths, all of his weaknesses, everything that he like, that they know him inside and out. Um, and as you said, I think even without Deshaun Watson with Jacoby Brissett in this, this Browns team is just more talented than this Panthers team. I think Christian McCaffrey is only going to be able to do so much. I think, as you said, I don't think Baker's going to have much time at all during the majority of this game. Um, overall excited for the Panthers receiving core, but I don't think they're going to have a great opportunity to show it this week. I don't think Baker's going to have enough time to be going through multiple reads. Um, so I completely agree with everything you said. I think Brown should be favored as well. So I'm also going to take them plus one and a half, but they are not my lock of the week. We're, we're three for three on the Browns plus one and a half. Um, I agree with Mitchell. I think the Browns should be favored. Um, I think the sports books are influenced by this, the, the, the Baker revenge game narrative. Um, the Browns glaring hole at quarterback now, but um, there's just the roster is just so much more complete and better than the, the Panthers from top to bottom. Um, and I think this, these Browns players are going to be more motivated than ever. One going against Baker, who requested a trade out of Cleveland, and that ended poorly. Two, they probably realize that everyone in the world is rooting against them, and it's not at all their faults. So, and it doesn't change the fact that they're still all very talented players. So, um, that's why I'm, I my narrative is in favor of the Browns, and 
I'm going to take the Browns as you guys are. All right. Moving on here to the Patriots traveling down to Miami uh, to take the Dolphins. Um, you know, Mike McDaniel's debut as a head coach in this league and Bill Belichick's billionth opening day in his, in his career. Um, so the disparity in experience is certainly uh, one of the largest we've probably ever seen. Um, McDaniel Shref. himself said that, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Shref, first word on this game. I'm excited for this game. I'm very excited for this game for a few reasons. I, I, I'm excited to see Mac Jones year two. Um, as we said in the preview show, like we're not all like super high on him. Like we, like, I, I think we think game manager, things of that nature, but still second year in a Bill Belichick offense, def- definitely uh, excited to, to see what that looks like. And then the Dolphins side, uh, I think I also mentioned one of my favorite coaching hires in Mike McDaniel. Um, a whole new offense coming in. I think an offense that two is kind of going to be able to settle in more on Tyree kill, obviously very exciting. Um, and yeah, this is a, this was one of my tougher games to pick. So definitely not my lock of the week. Um, I, you know, boys, one of those, this is one of those games where, where it's more of a gut feeling for me, rookie head coach, first game going up against Belichick, even if it's at home, it, it, that's tough. That's real tough. So just on coaching alone, and even though I think the Dolphins are definitely a more talented team, I'm going to take the Pats to cover three and a half. That is certainly very fair. Um, Jack, we'll go to you. Shrift makes some good points there. I, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, roster-wise, comparing rosters, I think it's far and away the the dolphins have a better roster um yeah coaching is a huge factor uh mitchell said it how it's the largest disparity of head coaches and we won ever i think or something like that um i was gonna go dolphins but i think i'm, I'm swayed to the patriots three and a half just because in my head I think the Dolphins are going to win this game um, mm-hmm. still, but I think a field, it, it could be, it can certainly be within a field goal. Um, so I'm going to take Patriots to cover three and a half Dolphins to win outright. Yeah. I mean, you guys touched on a lot of things there. I'm so intrigued to see how this Miami offense works. Uh, seeing Tyreek Hill in another uniform is going to be wild to see for sure. Um, year two of Jalen Waddle building off a very impressive rookie campaign. See how he progresses into his second year. A guy I, I'm really high on. I think one or both of you are as well, if I remember correctly from last week, but Chase Edmonds definitely want to see how he looks, how many touches he gets in week one here. Um, so I'm, I'm just overall Miami's Miami's team in general and specifically their offense. I'm, I just, I can't wait to see how that's all going to shake out. Um, However, my first bullet point I did have here is that I don't have a strong feeling on this one. And similarly to Jack, and now similar to both of you, I originally had the Dolphins and then I just, I just feel compelled to take the Patriots now. I just, I feel like it's too close Uh and you might as well take the team at the points at that point. So I think that you guys swayed me. And I'm, I'm putting the Patriots in a three and a half, in my opinion, just because, like I said, I didn't really have a 
strong inclination on this game. So uh, it, I feel like if that's ever the case in terms of like, you're not sure who's going to win, just take the team with the points. Do you, okay, so you're not going to pick it outright winner. Would you agree with me? Patriots cover it, Dolphins outright or no? Uh, I would, but again, it still wouldn't not that even, confident I, in it. I really, I think this it's team, this one. game, I think this game really is a toss up. So this was, and I mean, this might've been I, my I, hardest game to, to predict or to, to think about. Right. And I don't know if this is just a, a old wives tale or if it actually is something that the sports book take into consideration, but is that usually look, you know, they just give the home team three points usually. So if it's teams, a three point favorite, they usually think they're on neutral ground, pretty like they would be a pick them. Is that, is that, do you guys know if that's true or not? I think it is true. Okay. Well, in this case, they, they would say that they're pretty even teams. So um, if they were playing in a neutral site, so I don't know, I, again, I think Patriots cover and in terms of the winner, I, I really think it could go either way. I would, if I gunned to my head, I'd probably pick the dolphins though, but again, it wouldn't shock me at all. Next game here on the docket, we have the Jags. I think this is the last game of the one o'clock slate. We have the Jags traveling to Washington, DC, um, take on the commanders um we have very intriguing in my opinion to see Carson Wentz versus Doug Peterson a, a duo that won a Super Bowl it's a part of the 2017 Eagles and honestly like who would have thought that that we'd be seeing a Wentz a Wentz led commanders team you wouldn't even know who the commanders are yep. three years ago <laughs> versus Doug Peterson who just won a Super Bowl like a year before that yeah you um, wake up coaching like the you, Jags you go into a coma like the day after the Eagles Super Bowl and yeah, then you wake up like today, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that 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 would be absolutely wild. You'd be like, how how is that even possible? Mm-hmm. Um, that aside, I'm I'm sure as a lot of people are very excited and looking forward to seeing um, if Trevor Lawrence can take a step forward. He can have a strong debut in a sophomore year. I think he probably will. Also interested to see how many touches and how explosive James Robinson is coming off an Achilles tear late in the season last year. He looks like he's going to be ready to go for this game. Um, don't know if he's going to be a pitch count or not. And usually, you know, typically, if you're looking at the history of running backs who tear their Achilles, they usually lose some explosiveness. So it'll be um, worth noting and, you know, you probably want to tune in, especially if you uh, are a fantasy football player to see how James Robinson looks in terms of like his athleticism. Uh, with all that being said, I'm taking the Jags plus two and a half. I don't really have any statistical analysis to back that up. I just like the Jags a little bit more than the commanders. So I'm just, that, that's my reasoning. Is it two and a half? I, I, I keep forgetting. It's, I don't have the exact lines. Okay. Two and a half for the Jags. That's what I'm, I mean, obviously I would feel more confident it was three and a half, but I still like the two and a half. I think money line, they can win this too. So. I'll go. Um, I think this is one organization that's trending completely up. I mean, not right away, but it's looking that way. And then one organization that is trending down in my opinion. Um, I'm taking the Jags plus two and a half and outright winner. Um, possible revenge game for Carson Wentz because Jags ended his Colt career. Um, but I feel like that could 
serve as a detriment to Carson Wentz because when he, I feel like when he shoulders too much of pressure and tries to be the hero, that's when he fails most miserably. So, yeah, go Jags. Uh, yeah, you guys covered everything. Very excited for this game as a as an Eagles fan. Just like the funniest matchup you could ever think of. Like it just it makes no sense. And it's so it's so it's so good. It's so good. Um, I think the Jags are the more exciting team, and I think the Jags are the better team. So I'm looking at plus two and a half. I think they win the game outright. So at Jags plus two and a half, you're looking at my first lock of the week. I'm loving the storyline. I'm loving Ooh. the idea. I'm I'm loving the idea of Dougie P coming in first game against Wentz, just showing, uh, in my opinion, showing why Dougie P was the straw that that stirred the drink on that on that Eagles team in 2017. I'm excited for it. Give me the Jags plus two and a half. I love it. Love to hear it. Um, all right. Lock it in. Moving on. Starting the four o'clock slate, we have the New York Giants traveling to Tennessee to take the Titans, the former one seed of last year. Um, Jack, kick us off. It's so weird to think the Titans were the one seed last year. This is a team that I predicted seven and ten. Mitchell predicted seven and ten. Shreff had the win. Uh, no, eight, eight and nine. Eight and okay, nine, but still. Yeah. Um, team Titans team I'm not high on. Uh, they, they just really don't do it for me. Uh, Giants team also not high on. Don't think anyone's high on the Giants. Um, it's kind of tough to pick this game. I am going to go Titans, though, because of the home field. What Mitchell said, the whole neutral site thing, deduct three points off the favorite. I think the Titans are – I can – I know I only had – I think I probably predicted the Giants at like five or six wins and Titans at seven, but I'm going to say Titans are more than two and a half points better than the Giants at neutral site, and they don't have to travel. Uh, Brian Dable's first game as a head coach against a former coach of the year last year. Um, I could see the Titans taking them by a touch or just six points. So I'll take the Titans five and a half. Not one I'm so passionate about, but. Okay. Shref, as the uh, resident Titans truther, mm-hmm. you're, uh, you can have a word. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I pretty much agree with everything Jack said. Um, obviously, I was a little bit higher on the Titans than you guys. Um, and for me, uh, just thinking like pure like locker room standpoint, I feel like you guys haven't been the only ones. I think w- with the Colts kind of doing what they did in the offseason and looking the way they look now, I think a lot of people are just kind of discounting the Titans a little bit just due to that fact. And I think the Titans have been seeing that. I think the locker room's ready to ready to come out and be like, "We're hey, we're still here, you know, we're still here, we're still cooking." And I think they have the perfect opponent in the Giants to do that. Uh, I think even though Tennessee's roster isn't what it maybe has looked like the past couple seasons, I think this team is still uh, head and shoulders better than the Giants this season. As you said, Dable first first game coaching or first game head coaching, home field advantage uh, five and a half. I think is. I, I feel pretty comfortable taking them to cover five and a half. All right. Um, I, similar to you guys, 
don't have like a, I mean, I don't know about Shreff, but similar to Jack, I'm not super passionate in terms of where I lean on this one. Um, I do think the Titans offensive line does concern me a little bit here. I know the Giants aren't going to be, are going to be without uh, Kayvon Thibodeau in the week one here. Um, I don't know. I just feel like this feels like a trap game to me. I know it's super early on, like it's the first week of the season, but I don't know. Again, I'm going to sound like I'm not, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's just kind of going off of a gut feeling or just vibes that I have. Um, but I'm going to pick the giants plus five and a half. Um, call me crazy, but that's just where I'm leaning right now. Is our first disagreement? No, I think it's our second. The other one we had, cause you picked the lions to cover. I picked the Eagles to cover. Okay. So that's where we're at. Um, I also have picked four straight underdogs. Oh, and before that, I had picked all favorites. So going to be a bit of a streak here. Um, next matchup, we have the Chiefs taking on the Arizona Cardinals in uh, Arizona. And I want to kick things off here with saying, did something like happen in this game that I'm not aware of? Because just two days ago, I, sw- I had this game as minus four, and now I have it as minus six in favor of the Chiefs. Do you guys know of anything that major that I'm just like missing that happened? No, just probably the public is huge on the Chiefs at four. It's five and a half now. Yeah, we are, we have five and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just uh, I don't know. I I feel like, I mean, clearly I follow NFL storylines like very very closely. I have tweet notifications on for Schefter and my sports update. So, I I don't know. I feel like I know JJ Watt is questionable to play. Um, I think one of Arizona's corners is questionable to play. Um, Juju looks like he's ready to go, but I didn't really think any of those things. Oh, Zach Ertz is kind of limited as well, but I didn't really think any of those things were like a surprise. Mm-mm. And I don't really think any of those things really shift the line. Like, should shift the line that much. So no. I was just confused in my, like when I saw that, why it shifted to. Um, however, I mean, I, I liked the Cardinals before then, and I, I really like them now if it moves a point and a half or so or two. Uh, I think the Chiefs secondary is kind of vulnerable, and I think Hollywood and Kyler have big games in week one. I like the Cardinals plus six or plus five and a half. Sorry. Do you guys go? Okay. Yeah. Do you guys agree with me or do you agree with the public seemingly? Public. Cardinals stink. (laughs) I'm not big in the Chiefs either. I still have them at 10 wins, I think. I just, man, the Cardinals defense is just not good. That's my that's my standard saying when a team is bad. They're just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's true. I don't see – I could see this be, be, being very shootout-y, thus the over-under being 53-and-a-half I have. I, it's the highest over-under probably, but um, – It's actually not, surprisingly. I don't is it not? Is. What's might- the – Oh no, it it is, but only like barely. Okay. Yeah, it's uh I probably still take the over that. I could see it being like a a 35, maybe even like 38 to 28 or something like that. Like it's I don't know. I just think the 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 Chiefs talent on offense with Andy Reid and Bianami coaching, the coaching matchup favors the Chiefs by far. Cliff Kingsbury, man, I don't know about him. Uh, I just think the Chiefs' offensive talent is just far, far more superior than the uh, 
than the Cardinals defense. That's the biggest disparity, the matchup disparity I see. Yep. Uh, I, I'm more on Jack's side on this one, I guess also on the public side because of that. Um, I think this offense, even without Tyreek Hill, I think Juju is going to come right in and uh, not do the same thing as Tyreek, but I think uh, be decent in terms of trying to match his production. Um, I think the Cardinals, as we said, like Ertz is a little questionable. Just overall, obviously Hopkins still isn't going to be there for a while, but that still is a factor. Coaching, Chiefs dominate it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Chiefs maybe – I don't think they win this game by double digits. I think it's still a close-ish game, but I think it's still more than five points. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Chiefs to cover. All right, there you go. Next game here we have the – Las Vegas Raiders traveling to LA to take the Chargers on. Um, Jeff, go ahead. You give me the first word here. Oh, perfect. Uh, very fun game. Really fun game. Yeah, uh, this is awesome. That last teams. year, last year, like week 18 was the game of the year, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is two teams that in one way or another we were all really high on um in, in terms of our previews. Uh just two really fun offenses. Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, super excited to see what that looks like on the field uh, in, a, in, a, in a meaningful game. Chargers, another year, Justin Herbert, just getting better and better with all the weapons that they have over there. Uh, just just going to be a really, I think, offensive game. I think you're going to be seeing scores on almost every possession. Um, and I think it's going to be a good preview for what these uh, AFC West matchups look like throughout the year. I think all these are just going to be insanely fun the entire the entire duration of the season. But in this situation, obviously, I was very high on the Raiders in our preview, and I'm gonna back that up by thinking by saying that they cover three and a half. Uh, I think Chargers home field advantage doesn't really mean much for them. I think Raiders fans are gonna be there, be good to go. I don't think being home makes any difference. And yeah, I'm I'm, I'm buying the Raiders hype. I'm gonna take them plus three and a half. Outright win or just spread? Uh, I'm gonna take them spread. I'm not, I'm not going to say outright. I think this is going to be a close game either way, but I, I, I definitely like the Raiders to keep it within within three or within four. I had a similar track of thinking as you going into this. I think the charge, I had the Chargers covering the three and a half. Then I'm thinking, I don't know. I think it's going to be a close game. I could, could be a field goal. That's why then I was leaning Raiders, but I'm settling back on the Chargers four and a half. I think it's going to be a close game shootout. Um, but that's still that could still very well be a four point, even like a six or seven point win, even it is close in a shootout. Um, I'm high on Brandon Staley and the Chargers this year. I think they're gonna come out with a bang and want revenge for how their season ended last year against the Raiders. So there you have it. That's my pick. Three and a half Chargers. Yeah, I think this game's gonna be Another classic similar to last year. I think it could go either way. I think these are fairly evenly matched teams. However, the deciding factor for my analysis here is no JC Jackson week one. Um, and I think Devonta Adams can exploit that. With that being said, give me the Raiders plus three and a half. I like that cushion of a field goal for sure. So I am, I'm in on the Raiders in this one. Again, similar money line. It's still undetermined for me. Um, Maybe it'll be a tie. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going with the Raiders plus three and a half. I like that cushion there. Next game, Green Bay and Minnesota. Um, 
two teams that are should be vying for the NFC North division title. Um, I guess I'll kick it off here. I, I mean, I guess I'll say my pick right away. I'm going with the Vikings plus one and a half. I guess if you like them plus one and a half, you also like a money line. So I would, I would take the Vikings money line as well. Um, we all love Minnesota's offense and their team in general, for sure. And overall, I'm just going to, I'm just going to bank on Rogers, not really meshing with his young receivers right away. I'm not saying it won't happen at some point throughout the season. I'm just going to bank on usually what happens and how he doesn't necessarily mesh well with the young guys. Um, it takes a little bit longer. So I'm going to say that happens here and uh, I'm going with the Vikings plus one and a half. Yep. I love it. Uh, I'm also taking them plus one and a half. So obviously I think they're winning this game. Um, I think if this game was in Lambeau, I'd have a much different tune, but yeah. Vikings being at home, this whole new revamped offense, I am, uh, I, I'm all in on it. I think Justin Jefferson, no matter, I, I think Justin Jefferson this year, no matter who is covering him, whether it's Jair Alexander or anyone, I think he's having a big game every game this year, just with how often they're going to be looking at him. Um, yeah, I, I, I just like I like this offense this year. I think the Packers are going to be forced to be maybe a little more one dimensional than they used to be with obviously without Devontae Adams now. And I think a team like the Vikings, assuming their offense is keeping the defense off the field a little bit, they're going to be able to kind of hone in on their run game a little bit. And yeah, I, I think it's a close game for sure. But obviously the Vikings getting points, it, it's a no brainer for me. Vikings plus one and a half. Wow. So if I'm keeping track correctly, that means that we both haven't given our second lock of the week, Shref. So that means it's one of these two last games here. So I feel like there's a I chance. Don't, I don't thing. like that because I want to have variety. Don't want to have the same as you. Yeah. Um, but we will see. Yeah. Jack appears to be off. Oh, he's, oh God, he came back wow. with a Kirk jersey. There it is. That's why, that was the delay. Prove it year. <laughs> prove it year for Kirk. Every Give me the Vikings plus one and a half, as you guys wow. just said. I'm excited. I'm excited for Kirk to, this is a 425 game. Is this the Fox game? Uh, uh, I would assume so. I want Kirk to prove people wrong on a national stage. I guess you can call it a verified stage. Um, for all the reasons you guys said, I agree. For my main reason being Kirk Cousins. Vikings not only cover one and a half, they're going to win outright. Wow. Yeah, that's what I have too. So, um, Okay, Sunday Night Football. First game of the year on, on Sunday night. Sunday night football on it. There we go. Mike uh, and Chris are the best on TV. Uh, we have the Cowboys traveling to Tampa Bay. Nope. What? All the way around. Are you guys serious? Is it actually in Dallas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, boy, I'm stupid. Well, okay. there you go. Get yeah. them all. It's been a long, long day. Um, Tampa Bay going to Dallas. Thank you for correcting me there. Uh, Jack, go ahead. What do you uh, What do you think? Um, contrary to popular, not popular belief, contrary to maybe expectation, I'm gonna go the Bucks. I think that people have bought way too far into Brady being gone for ten days. I think that's influenced in this line here. Uh, Bucks are just a good, very 
better team from top to bottom, top to bottom, the uh, Cowboys pass catching weapons available. I don't think it's uncertain now. There's just been so much, um, so many questions about who's available and like how that's going to pan out. Um, that uncertainty is going to come to fruition a little bit. Um, I just, yeah, the Bucks are just, I think are going to win and they'll win by three. So that's why I have two and a half for the Bucks. There you go. Shref. Yep, I agree with Jack. I think the Bucs are just a better team. I think everyone's buying into the Brady thing too much. Um, obviously, the Cowboys made their, you know, made their bread off of uh, turnovers last season. If there's one QB who I know will be trying to, uh, will probably be pretty good at avoiding turnovers, it would be uh, Tom Brady. So I think this is still a close game. I don't think the Bucs roll in and just demolish them, but I do think they cover the two and a half. I think they win by at least a field goal. All right. Uh, I'm in agreement with you guys. I feel like this one, I was really tempted to pick it as my lock of the week, and it's unfortunately not my lock of the week. Oh, man. Um, just because, the, and I have no reason for that. The only reasoning was I just feel like, I feel like it should be like way more than two and a half, but I just feel like I'm missing something here where I feel like, I don't know. So just that just made me, that freaked me out a little bit. I guess I got a little bit too in my head. You're a little too confident. Front, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. So I think the overconfidence made me shy away from it actually to, to, to completely lock it in. Sure. Um, but Bucks two and a half. I like that a lot. Godwin looks like he's, he's on track to play. So that's a little bit of added juice for the Bucks as well. Um, so yeah, there we have it. Um, well, I guess. So <laughs> I assume Shref's not taking the Seahawks plus six and a half as his lock of the week. No. no With that no, being no. said, technically, I didn't say it was my lock of the week yet. So true. I might pivot and like pick another one. Okay. Unless Shref wants to pivot and also pick another one. I do but... not want to pivot personally. Here, Shref, you lead off then. You lead off Mitchell and decide if he's going to pivot. Go. Okay. All right. Go ahead. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my case here. So uh, this isn't an exciting game by any means in terms of like the actual. Uh, like matchup team by team, but let's think of the storyline. We got, we got Mr. Russell Wilson coming back to Seattle. I'm too excited because for me, obviously I've, I've had a longstanding rivalry with, uh, with Meet Carroll on this podcast. Um, and I'm very excited for Russell Wilson to come in and just show. He's going to expose meat. I think he's going to expose meat. And I think, <laughs> and I think, <laughs> and I think a big factor <laughs> of it is that like the, I, I I can't picture the Seattle fans coming in and booing him like this like this might as well be like a celebration for Russell Wilson and I think he's going to celebrate it by just whooping up on the Seahawks I you think, think he gets a like a montage like video like honoring him oh 100 percent. I think 110 percent yeah, yeah they're, they're going to give him like a 10 minute video he's, he's going to be crying he's going to be all excited and then they're going to go out and, and, and they're going to whoop on him I think yeah, so. though that I don't know I how, like you guys are both so like this guy like requested a trade. I feel like that. I know he won him like won him the Super Bowl nine years ago, but like not, I don't know. It's I think Seahawks one, fans he just requested up. a trade and was out of there in different uniform like four months later. Seahawks fans, I I think Seahawks fans are smart enough to know that that the reason for him leaving wasn't because he was selfish or anything like that. They they know how they failed him. They understand. I think it's going to be a nice homecoming for him. I think they're going to whoop. I think it's over minus six and a half. My second lock of the week. I don't need to go anything really into what 
I agree with Shref. Uh, it's it would probably be my third lock a week if I had to pick a third. I I just think that they're so much better. Um, yeah, definitely Seahawks minus six and a half. Um, Mitchell, what do you what what do you decide? You gotta stick here. You can stay here. None. We don't in our in our bylaws. Uh, There's no shame. There's yeah, no shame we, in that. We don't say you have. To, it's a long season. It's a long you, season. We can have, have the to same be different, but. My lock of the week is Eagles minus three and a half. Whoa, what a pivot. Yeah, that, that's what I'm going with. Um, but in terms of this game, there's just absolutely no shot Seattle has of winning or covering for that fact. It's going to go exactly how Streff outlined it right there. <laughs> it's going to be a nice emotional montage in the beginning. Thank you, Ross, for all your service. We appreciate you or whatever, you know farewell i don't think we'll say farewell that'll be weird but regardless and then they're going to win 41 to 10 that's what's going to happen so um yeah this is going to get ugly fast and you know other than the storyline which people are going to forget about so quickly because then it's going to be completely over this game is going to suck so yeah hope Cortland sutton catches a lot of touchdowns i gotta say all right hogline nation we made it six long months. We made it through winter. We made it through the dog days of summer. We're finally back. Football season's here. And we're pumped, man. Any final remarks you guys want to say before we sign off? Let's go football. Yeah, football. Love football. We're back to football. There we go. Thank you so much for listening, folks. We will be back next week with our week one recap slash week two preview. Um... And we, I don't know. There's not much else to say. Good luck in all your fantasy leagues this year, everyone. Except if I'm playing you, or if you're Jack, or if you're Sibby. 